That was a oldie but goodie, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so the last two weeks we have been talking, where we've been on the series called Spiritual Disciplines for an Imperfect Life. For the last two weeks we talked about repentance and we talked about serving, serving being essential to being part of being a Christian, but also being repentant. And giving your sins up to God is also necessary when wanting to be a Christian and a Christ follower. And so today, what we're going to talk about, actually for the next two weeks, because uh, I asked for extension, <laughs> is we're going to talk about prayer. I, I love prayer. Prayer's always been something that's been very important in my family and in my life. And so we're going to talk about prayer for the next two weeks um, and next week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how do we pray? How, how can we pray? What are sp- practical things we can do in our life to implement prayer as we go throughout our days? And so something interesting about prayer is it's a part of every religion. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, it's part of being a Muslim. It's a part of being Jewish or Hindu or Buddhist. And it's a part of being Christian. And There's a lot of different cultures and different things that prayer is something that's essential to being that certain thing. And so as you study, though, uh, you, you quickly realize prayer is always important and it's always significant. There's almost never a time in any religion or culture where prayer is not important, right? And so that tells us something as Christians, right, that that there's something important about praying. And so, although these other religions have these different forms of prayer that is important to them, prayer in Christianity is different from other religions, and it's essential part of being transformed into Christ-likeness. And so today, I will teach you about prayer, what it's not, what it is, and when and where to pray. And so the purpose of this message today and next week is to teach you everything you need to know about prayer. Not to just use when life is hard, but to make it a necessity and essential part of your daily life. And so out there, there's, there's so many different versions of prayer. I mean, people use crystals, <laughs> people use some kind of third eye, some people take drugs to pray. I mean, there's, there is nonsense out there. And so what I have to do, what I think is important to do, is talk about what prayer is not in Christianity first. And so the first thing is prayer is not about your ego. It is not about your ego. I grew up very Pentecostal. Prayer was very important to the way we did things. And so I remember growing up um, on Sundays, it was like the, the spotlight day for people to invite us for dinner. Like it was something that they, people always did. Every Sunday, it was a different person inviting us for dinner. And so one time, there was this family that invited us for dinner, and they're Salvadorian. And so they make something called pupusas. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's Super good. Go try it. I don't know if they have it here in Billings, uh, but go somewhere and try it because <laughs> it's really good. And so I remember we're waiting at this big table. There was people waiting. The wife was uh, cooking the pupusas in the kitchen, and she comes out, 
and it's nice and hot, and I mean, it smells delicious. I mean, delicious, right? But then the husband begins to pray. (laughs) And I'm saying this was the most beautiful prayer, but it was the most unnecessary prayer for praying to eat. Um, I'll be honest, when I pray now for my food, it is (laughs) two seconds. Lord, thank you for my food. Amen. Because if I get angry, poor Savannah, and if Savannah gets hungry, poor me, right? And so I need to be quick. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I I honor you. Thank you for this food. Amen. That's it. Uh, This guy, I mean, it was, (laughs) it was, Lord, I pray for 30 minutes. I pray for the hunger of the kids in Africa, and I pray for all the sinners would come to know the Lord, and I pray that our church would grow, and I I pray that Sister Lupita's uh, constipation would go away, and um, (laughs) just a bunch of things, right? And we're praying for what? Food. We're praying for food. And so let me be clear, those prayers are necessary, even for Sister Lupita. That's important, right, for health. Those are important prayers, but for this setting, what that presents to me is that you're praying for your ego. You're praying to show off. And I grew up in the Pentecostal church uh, in Foursquare, and so uh, naturally you came across people that were just (laughs) 30-minute prayers for no reason, and it was just a show-off. A session, basically. It wasn't about the Lord. You knew it wasn't about the Lord. It was just about showing off how much they know and how much scripture they memorized at nighttime. And uh, it was just a bunch of things. And so prayer is, is not about your ego. It is never about your ego. And that's why I always pray before I preach that, Lord, humble me, right? Because ego can easily take over in prayer. Have you ever noticed when you're in uh, small groups, hopefully not my small group, but when you're in small groups, there's usually that one person that likes to pray all the time. Not saying that that it's about their ego, but many times it can become that. And so prayer is, is not something you use so that you could seem more spiritual or better than others. That is not it. Right? Prayer is this connection between you and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's not, let's not forget that. Right? And so when you're praying and it's about your ego, you're literally sidetracking what is supposed to be for God. And that's not good. You want to sidetrack God, the, the creator that created you? No, that, that's not something you want to do. That's like the Lord saying, Lord, uh, he's saying, I bless these nations. You're like, wait, Lord, I have something better to say, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So number two is prayer is not about how you say it. And so there's this weird thing uh, now in modern Christianity that if you say these exact words in a prayer, your prayer is going to be answered. Uh, That's not true. Not true. I don't know who told you that, but that's not true. And so people will often start, for example, they'll start their prayer. Abba, Father Adonai, God, Savior of the world, Prince of Peace. So Lord, Sister Maria uh, the other day said something I didn't really like. And uh, I want you to convict her heart, right? And so because you said all the, the Lord's names that 
because you said them, the Lord has to answer your prayer. No, <laughs> that's not true. There's even things out there where they'll give you a specific paragraph and you kind of fill in the thing and that if you say the specific thing, some, for some reason it's more spiritual than if you pray on your own, right? Not true, not true. God will not answer your prayer because you use certain words. God is not looking for perfection. He's not looking for structure. He's not looking for, oh, my professor told me to um, do this prayer, so I'm going to do it like this, or my teacher told me to do it like this, and so I have to do it like this. No, God is not looking for perfection in prayer. He's looking for sincerity and and an honest heart. And what you have to realize is it's, it's really up to God to decide if your prayer is going to get answered or not. It's not up to you. And so because you say certain exact words in a certain paragraph doesn't mean that's going to get answered. It's if the Lord wants to answer it, right? And so what we have to remember is that we have no power over God, no power, but he has all authority over us. And so with that, it's important to remind ourselves that because God is over us, he is for us and not against us. And so when our prayers are not answered, we have to remind ourselves, God is for me. I don't know why it's a no, but God is for me. I don't know why this happened, but God is for me, right? And when you're out here thinking nonsense, overthinking things, I don't know about it, but God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. Remind yourself constantly God is for me. Number three is prayer is not a spiritual negotiation. And so in other words, it's not, uh, hey, God, I got something you want, right? Uh, Prayer is not something where you go to the Lord and you're like, Lord, listen, I'll give you $50 in tithes and offerings today, but you have to do something for me. (laughs) You have to get my wife to talk to me right? And you, you try nothing to fix the argument, right? You're just going straight to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm cutting corners. I'll give you $50 in the tithes today if you do this for me. And that's just not how prayer works. And I'll admit, I fell into this trap many, many times where I try and negotiate with God where I'm saying, Lord, if I do this, if I fast, if I pray the certain amount of time this week, Lord, will you do this for me? You know, this is, exchange, this is something you want, I promise, you know. I remember when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> I don't know if I told Sav this story, so she's not in here. She'll hear it next, next service. But in sixth grade, I had the biggest crush on this girl named Brandy Steiner. Biggest crush. I mean, I was the new kid in school. I thought she was the most beautiful girl in class. And uh, later on in middle school and high school, thank God, God did not answer that prayer because she was crazy. And so I had the biggest crush on her. And so you can imagine little me, I thought I could negotiate with God. And so I would go every night praying to Jesus, Lord, Jesus, if, if I pray my Bible every day, if I read my Bible every day, and I pray every day this week, will you let Brandy be my girlfriend and like me? Right? <laughs> And so I'm trying to negotiate with, I'm in sixth grade. I'm trying to negotiate with God already, right? I'm saying, if I do this for you, God, will you do this for me? And it's nonsense. I'm asking for him to force a girl to like me. That's just not good, right? 
And so it's crazy, though, is that us as adults, we still try to negotiate. I mean, I was in sixth grade trying to negotiate, but us as adults, we do this all the time. We just try to negotiate. And the reason that we do this is that the world teaches us this, that everything is in exchange for something. If I uh, buy groceries, I have to exchange my money for the groceries. If I want clothes, I have to exchange my money for clothes. If I want someone to like me, I have to exchange my time for someone to like me. And so naturally, we go to God thinking that he's the same way. God, I have something you want, and you have to give me this in exchange. No, that's not how it works. God is not a God of negotiation. He's a God that has things set already, right? Number four is prayer is not just an action, but a way to live. And so prayer is often thought of as something you just do here and there, as something you do as you go about your daily life, or maybe just an action you do when you're in need. But I'm going to challenge you on that today and say that prayer is not just an action, but it's a way to live. And I'll go more into this later and go more in depth into what I mean by this. And number five, I, sorry, I skipped that real quick, but I'm going to go back to it. Number five is prayer is not just for the chosen few. <laughs> prayer is not just for the chosen few. And so while I was gathering information for this preaching, um, I was, going, I was doing, researching and I watched this preaching called Understanding the Power of Fasting by Miles Monroe. And in this preaching, he goes into depth about the topic of prayer. And so I researched him. This was someone, nowadays people have this weird thing that he's different things. I don't know. But growing up, my mom, every day at 5 a.m., listened to Miles Monroe. And so naturally, I have a trust for him because my, de- my mom had a trust for him growing up. And so this is who I went to to research this. And he said that, during his preaching, he was explaining how a lot of churches have prayer nights or prayer meetings and prayer whatever. Have you ever noticed how this is probably the service that, is the, that has the least amount of people? <laughs> that the prayer meetings is always seems to be the least amount of people. Uh, for the prayer walk, nothing against anyone. It started with a good amount. I'm the only one, right? What happened? I don't know. But why is it that every prayer meeting seems to have a, a little tiny bit of people? And what Miles Morell said is he believes that people kind of say, well, I know the prayer warriors are going to show up and do it for me, right? I know the prayer warriors are going to show up and go to the prayer meeting and pray on my behalf. I know that there's going to be some people that will pray, and so I don't have to do it on my own. And so this is where things kind of get complicated is that we try to fill our spot with our relationship with God, and we try to give it to someone else. What do you think God feels about that, right? Where you're trying to, God is trying to have a relationship with you, and you're like, oh, well, this person has a better relationship with you, so you should probably go with them when they pray, you know? It's just not how it works, and so no one shows up to the prayer meetings. And listen, there is no chosen few in the church when it comes to prayer. It's not how it's supposed to be. I don't know where in church where that became a thing where it's like there's a specific people group that they're the ones that are supposed to pray all the time. Now I'm saying, yes, there is people that are 
that are, just have a prayer life where they can pray and pray and pray. And they're, they're people that you should go to to ask for prayer. But what I'm saying is don't, don't, do not ask someone else to pray for you without yourself praying for you, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? And so many times we like to put it on someone else but not pray for ourselves on our own time, right? And so we do this thing where we try to substitute ourselves. Well, I know the prayer word is going to be there. They're going to pray for it. I'm going to tell the prayer word to pray for it, and I know they're going to go to the meeting and pray for it for me. No. Pray on your own too. There's a scripture that says, when you pray. (laughs) Jesus says, when you pray. He doesn't say, if you pray. He doesn't say, when you feel like praying. He says, when you pray. And so what he's expecting is that you as a Christ follower are already praying, right? You're already praying. It's not that you're not praying and you're making someone else pray for you. That just doesn't look good. It, it doesn't work like that. And so the Lord calls us to pray, not just for the ones, not just um, through the ones called the chosen few, but also on our own. The Lord calls us to that. And we have to make that a part of our life, is to pray on our own as well. Number six is prayer is not to use God as a magic genie. Prayer is not to use God as a magic genie. What I mean by this is prayer is not something you just use when you feel you want something, as though God is there to answer your every command. No, part of the the relationship with God through prayer is many times he has to say no. And usually always when you look back at those times he said no, you realize that it was for your good. And so he's not a magic genie. It's not a, Lord, I want the newest Toyota 4Runner because the snow in Montana is horrible. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. And you kind of, Lord, like the magic genie thing where you're just kind of rubbing the the bottle to see, God, I'm here today for a wish, you know. God doesn't work like that. He's not there to answer your wishes. He's there to have a relationship with you. It's more than just following a command. It's more than just um, getting something out of God. There, there has to be this relationship. And so I remember, <clears throat> now I'm, I'm putting a lot out there, so please have patience with me. Every single one of these, I'm going to tell you a mistake that I made. And so with this one, this one was, it was pretty funny. Um, growing up, I was really into cartoons, really into cartoons. <clears throat> and I don't know if any of you, maybe Alex will know this show. Um, <clears throat> but there is this cartoon named Ben 10. You know, you know that show? Okay. There's this show named Ben 10. I loved this show. I mean, I loved it so much. I had every season on DVD. And when you love something, you have it on DVD, right? And so I had all 10 seasons on DVD. Um, I, I currently passed it down to my cousins, um, but I had every single, and so whenever it came out, I told my parents, I went to Walmart, I knew where it was every time, I said, I want this, I want this for me, and so I don't, I think I had allowance or something, I don't know, I don't know how I got it, but it happened, I promise I didn't cry for it, and so 
in Ben 10, this is what happens. It's going to sound really weird to say in church, but I'm going to say because it's a cartoon. So have imagination. And so there's this kid named Ben 10, and he's camping with his grandpa and his cousin. And what happens is there's this streak of green light. <laughs> it's not so funny. There's this streak of green light, and boom, it, something crashes. And so Ben 10 goes into the, the woods and is exploring, and he goes to where this impact happened, and it was this watch called the Omnitrix. And what happens is the watch attaches, and it gives you the powers of aliens. <laughs> See, it sounds weird. It gives you the powers of aliens. And so what did I do growing up? Well, I did camping. And so I knew that I was in the perfect environment to get this watch myself. <laughs> and so... Thinking of God as a magic genie, I think about a thousand times growing up, camping, I was praying that the Lord would send this watch to me to give me the powers of aliens. And I mean, I was desperate. I was so desperate. I said, Lord, Lord, I'm going to be watching the sky. Like, if you, I'll see it. I promise you, it'll be me that gets it. No one else. I promise you I'll watch the sky. I'll walk in the forest right now to get it, right? And so I remember <laughs> I would pray constantly, Lord, I don't know if, I know this is impossible, but you're the God of impossibility, right? <laughs> Lord, please send this watch to me. And so I remember we had this big uh, Jeep tent. It was, it was ginormous because my family is big. And so there's these little plastic flaps that you can open so you could look at the sky. <laughs> and so guess who had to open looking at the sky all night, waiting for it to pass over the night sky, right? Now, if God were to answer that prayer, things would have gotten weird real quick, <laughs> right? And I thank God that he didn't answer that prayer. God is not a magic genie. He's not there to answer every wish you have. He's not there to just give you what you want. God knows what you need, and that's the difference. And so you go to God, and you're asking, and you're asking, and you're asking for things when what he wants to give you might not even be something that's material. material. It's something that he wants to give you that's fulfilling in your life. But because you're so busy in the asking, you forget what the Lord wants for you. And so we, now that we talked about what prayer is not, let's talk about what prayer is. And so what prayer is, let me make it really simple for you for your notes. Prayer is talking to God. I think people like to complicate it really bad nowadays. Prayer is just talking to God. It's talking to God. And um, people say, well, where can I pray? When can I pray? This is the answer for that. Where can I pray? When can I pray? Anywhere, anytime. Where can I pray? When can I pray? Anywhere, anytime. Write that in your notes. When can I pray? Where can I pray? Anywhere, anytime. Get that in your head. Can we say that together? Anywhere, anytime. Anywhere, anytime. And so... Because you're talking to God, you can pray out loud. You could pray silently, privately, publicly, formally, informally. You could pray, you can pray anywhere, anytime. 
So when people tell me, I don't have a place to pray, or I don't have a time to pray, I say, you can pray, you can pray anywhere, anytime. There are no limits. No limits. I remember when I was a Pizza Hut driver, I always talk about Pizza Hut for some reason. I'm not telling you that Pizza Hut's the best pizza, okay? I, I promise you. But if you send me free pizza, Pizza Hut, I'd, I would love that. And so I remember during COVID, it was at the height of COVID, and I was delivering pizza. Well, how do you deliver pizza when you have to be face-to-face with people? Well, I just left it at their door. And so I was in college, so I would commute an hour to college. Uh, sometimes with traffic, it would take five hours, four hours to get to school. And it was just horrible. And so what I would do is when I was doing that drive, I was constantly praying. I had a preacher on. I had worship music on. I had something on so that in that time I was praying. And so during COVID uh, with Pizza Hut, we were told that we cannot go and we cannot be face to face with anyone unless they allow us to. And so I remember every single house that I would go to, I would go to the door and I would pray. And as I walked back to my car, I would pray. And as I, walk, as, as I drove back to the Pizza Hut headquarters, I would pray. You see, I never was face-to-face with the person, but I prayed, right? And so anywhere, anytime, I could, I could pray during my job time, right? I was, I was working, but I still prayed. I was driving, I still prayed. You see, I think a lot of times we like to make excuses, right? Time should not overtake your time to pray, Pray should overtake your time. (laughs) Does that make sense? Let me say that again. Time should not overtake your time to pray. Pray should overtake your time, right? Pray constantly. What do I mean by prayer is not just an action but a way to live? As you walk, you pray. As you take a shower, you pray. As you get groceries, you pray. As you're watching your son graduate, you pray. As you are waiting your baby to be born, you pray. There's no excuse. Anywhere, anytime, you can pray. Anywhere, anytime, you can pray. And so get that excuse that you don't have time. I mean, it could be two seconds and you prayed. You could say, Lord, I'm having a hard time. Help me. There you go. That's a prayer. You could say, Lord, thank you so much for blessing me with another day of life. There's a prayer, right? It took me two seconds to say that. Is it really that hard to pray? No. And as I said, Jesus says, when you pray. And so what that means is he's expecting that you're praying constantly. You're praying everywhere you go. You're praying for the brother and sister on the street. You're praying for your, your family. You're praying for the church. You're praying for those on the other side of the world. You're praying that the Lord work on your hearts. I mean, anything can be a prayer. And so what do I pray about? That's the question you might have. What do I pray about? Uh, If you look in the book of Psalms in your Bible, every human condition is shown and it teaches us how to pray into them. For example, Psalms 3, 7 through 8, it says, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. That was Psalm 3, 7 through 8. Now we go a little ahead. Psalm 4.1. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me 
and hear my prayer. Different type of prayer, right? Not that long, right? Psalm 511, just the next chapter again. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. We got three different prayers in three different chapters, right? And this is just the first couple of chapters. Psalms has a total of 150 chapters. 150. And those are all filled with prayers. I mean, prayers about the human condition, prayers about blessing, prayers of striking down the enemy, prayer, I mean, anything. And so when you're asking yourself, man, I don't know what to pray, pray about anything. Pray about anything, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. And I sure, I'm sure if you say something dumb, the Lord will just laugh, and he'll, he'll still listen. <laughs> he'll still listen, just like a father. He's still going to listen to your nonsense. He's still going to listen. He's that good. And so, I mean, these 150 chapters are filled with everything. Prayers about anxiety, distress, joy, fear, um, awaiting a big opportunity. When I say you can pray about anything, I mean anything, anything. Because God is just that good. He's not expecting you, like the Muslims, to at a certain time bow down and pray a certain prayer. You see, in Christianity, prayer is different because you could pray anything, anywhere, at any time. Anywhere, at any time. Now, the sad thing is, that saddens me, is that Christians, I think, pray less than Muslims do. And we can pray anywhere, anytime. Isn't that sad? And so as Christ followers, I, I push you to pray everywhere, wherever you go, wh- however you're living, just pray. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your, your, condi- your condition or where you're living. God will still listen. God will still listen. From the street to the house to the mansion, God will listen. So why pray? So why pray? In, in Psalms twenty-five, fourteen, it says, The friendship of the Lord is with those who fear him, and to them he makes his covenant known. What this is telling us is that we should pray because prayer is an avenue to begin or deepen our friendship with the Lord. Prayer is an avenue of friendship with the Lord. And so friendship is a Hebrew word, soth, soth. And so how to spell that is S-O-T-H. That's the Hebrew word for friendship, S-O-T-H, soth. And what this is translated as is intimate counsel. Uh, it's the kind, of, the kind of counsel a close friend gives to another close friend. And so when the Lord is calling us to, fr- to pray, he's calling us to friendship. He's calling us to that intimate counsel, right? And when you have best friends, how many of you know when you have a, a really good best friend, you could, you could say anything and they won't judge you, right? They might think you're completely off and they'll still love you, right? That's how God is with you. I mean, he'll listen to anything, anywhere, anytime. And so the Lord is a close friend. He's waiting for you to talk to him. Waiting to have a relationship with you, to have a conversation, 
It's, it's not that complicated. And he's waiting to hear about what you have to say. Pray anywhere, anytime, about anything in life. The Lord is there close, waiting to listen, just like a close friend. Just like a close friend. And so this, this week we talked about what prayer is not. We talked about what prayer is and a couple questions with that. Next week, what we'll talk about is what, how do we do prayer? Uh, what is the example that we have in the Bible? And so I'll use a lot more scriptures. Um, and then we'll also talk about what are some practical things you can do, whether it's prayer walks or um, going to these prayer events and things like that. We're going to talk about that. How, how can we implement prayer in your life? And so if you will pray with me today, Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're good. We thank you, Father, that we can go to you in prayer anywhere, anytime, about anything. That you're just that good, Lord. I pray for any of us that are, are scared to speak up, that are scared to pray to you, Lord, that we would remember that you are a good, good Father. That you're waiting to listen. That you're waiting to hear. That you're you're waiting to act upon what we have to pray. Father, whether it's a yes or a no, let us not forget that you are on our side. I thank you, Lord, that you're so good, that you desire a friendship with us, a relationship. We thank you, Lord, that you're so close. Let us not think that you're far. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand with me, and for this last worship song, that'd be great.